1: Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom.
0: Welcome to another episode of The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs, your host, on the web at tdjacobs.com and on the planet in Tucson, Arizona. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and an energy worker and a channel, and I combine all of that in uh, readings and consultations. And uh, bring through spirit guides, an ascended master, and also uh, an archangel, and I do energy work and chakra clearing and, of course, evolutionary astrology consultations to help you understand what your soul has you here to figure out how to do, and then also giving quite a lot of uh, tips and tricks and tools to uh, how to make that happen. So uh, this is a show to, the show in general. Is about all the different things that I do and offering perspectives on how I do astrology and energy work and channel and all these things. Today is December 24th and um, we're not going to get into anything about uh, ancient baby worship or anything like that. Um, But I am going to uh, give you a show that is very intentionally couched between the solstice from December 21st, the winter solstice, and uh, the, the new year of January 1st. I, I consider the solstice a kind of a new year, as I talked about uh, in a recent show, uh, the opportunity of the winter solstice. And um, it's, it's really interesting. I, I um, knew intuitively that I was going to do the charts of these two guys at some point, And then a few weeks ago when I was thinking about the radio schedule, you know, just kind of planning out the rest of the year, I was inspired and I didn't quite know what the deal was going to end up being. I mean I I knew I needed to do these two charts on these on this theme. And uh, I figured when I announced it, people might think like, why? Why is he talking about these two guys? Like they ha- they have something in common. They definitely have something in common, as you, you know, as you probably know, or will find out during the show. Uh, George Takei and Alan Turing. George Takei is a Japanese American actor uh, and also an activist. And uh, Alan Turing is the, the, you know, the father of uh, uh, the theory that has led to modern computing. Uh, math- mathematician and uh, an English mathematician who was uh, instrumental in breaking uh, the code of uh, Nazi Germany, uh, the Enigma code. And uh, so what they have in common is that they're both homosexual. Now regarding the thing about the winter solstice and the New Year, what I did on the winter solstice show is ask you who you really are. I'm not assuming that everybody's actually gay. I think that underneath conditioning and certain elements of personality construct, I think we're all kind of bisexual in a way, but it doesn't mean that works for us sexually. But I think emotionally, energetically, I think we're all wired that way. But anyway, the point with this is that in that show I asked you to look at yourself as a long-term process, to accept that you are a work in progress, and to gauge realistically, now the sun's in Capricorn, to uh, uh, realistically... Observe where you are in your long-term development process. If you judge where you are, if you shame yourself because of where you are, or you are not, or have not yet been, or could not yet get to, or were afraid to, to go, you know, if you judge yourself, that's, your, that's one option, but that makes life hard. <laughs> if you instead accept that you are a work in progress, then you can actually work with things and realistically assess what needs doing. So these stories of these two guys, um, Alan Turing, well, I don't want to get into it too much. Let me just, I will get into it in the show, but let me just do the announcements first. I'm just like a little carried away right now. Um, I'm referencing the show from a couple weeks ago. uh, And I want you to know that the archive of the show is available through tdjacobs.com. There's a yearly subscription for it. Or you can subscribe to my monthly service, which is a user's manual for the month full of um, usually well over an hour and a half usually of original material every month that is exclusive for subscribers to my monthly service. I mean, it's included as a perk in that service. So uh, if you're interested in going back through old episodes, and at this point they're about 110, uh, you can go back and, uh, and find those archives. They're no longer in iTunes. So that's one announcement. Next announcement. Saturday, February 21st begins 10 weeks of intuitive skills development course number one. Some spots are already filled, so if you're interested in that, for two and a half hours, 10 Saturdays, a tour of your chakras, an introduction to a new way of understanding how everything in your life has happened, <laughs> uh, your family history, your emotional history, your physical health, being able to, to learning how to trust intuition, learning to connect with guidance, and, and receive their wisdom. This is a ten-week uh, course that uh, you know has the capacity to uh, fundamentally alter your experience of being you. I encourage you to uh, to explore this. It certainly did that for me when I took one of these, and now I offer it for other people periodically. So uh, so let's just let's jump into. Um, oh no, you know what? what sorry, um, interrupting myself. That's that's the problem when you have your mercury and sagittarius at the cusp of the 3rd you're trying to say something and then you have to interrupt yourself but nobody else is around there's nobody else i can interrupt i'll take a deep breath here for a moment i wanted to give a little update on the aftermath of Pluto square Uranus number 6 that was also another recent show uh, that i did uh with the Bill Carsby Bill Carsby comic profile the the he has a comic the uh bill cosby karmic profile I have to make sure the r's are in the right place apparently uh, and that was uh from a few weeks ago too uh the the congress releases a cia torture report it's it's awful it is terrible it's all true and this is one of the uh one of the things in the aftermath of the square that actually happened really close to a few days prior to the uh the uh, uh, Puerto Square Number Six being exact on uh, the fifteenth. Uh, that's a huge deal. That's history making. That's uh, as I heard one journalist put it. This is, you know, a historical document. This will be studied. This is a, a very important uh, uh, element of American history being uh, being released now. Um, also, the um, ongoing stuff about. Uh, Power of the state, the power of the police, the right of the police to, you know, talking about Ferguson, Missouri, you know that the the uh, the officer who uh, who shot Michael Brown uh, did not go to trial, right? The grand jury uh, did not uh, find probable cause for for that. So that's that's one thing that's related to this. Another thing that I'm hearing about is um, workers in Qatar building um, facilities. Qatar is a very small, uh, nation and, uh, connected next to, uh, Saudi Arabia. So in the Middle East, natural gas rich, uh, company, uh, sorry, company, um, uh, country, <laughs> maybe it's the same thing in some ways. Um, and I heard on the, I heard on this, uh, radio story, Qataris don't Work, or if they work, they work for the government. Most Qataris don't work, but but Qataris don't do physical labor, don't do manual labor. Is what I heard. So many um, from other countries are being brought in to do this under contract by these construction companies and contractors, and um, the conditions are terrible. And it's another, you know, something like a thousand workers have died in the last year. It's just ridiculous high a number. So, and they're being lied to about how much money they're going to get, and the conditions are awful, and, you know, all these all these kinds of terrible things, and that's another Pluto square Uranus thing. So when you think about seven exact squares, in fact, there's a lead-up time, you know, for a few years prior, there's an after-effect time, and then, of course, the... Um, Almost three years, from June of 2012 to uh, March of 2015. Almost three years of the actual squares happening. I think of them as gongs being rung, that don't si- you know. You don't simply have um, uh, you know six or, you know six at this point sounds happening. There's reverberation. Because it's within this um, particular, I don't know, what is it, within between like nine degrees or something of Capricorn and Aries. So that's the range over the, over the almost three years of the exact squares. And uh, I think it's like six to 15, something like that. Six to, to 14. <clears throat> and it's not just that somebody said, it's not just that Pluto Uranus asked you a question six times so far if you have something activated in your chart in this way. And if you don't have a planet or point being activated, you still have these planets in your chart asking you these questions. It's not just a repeated question, it's that the question reverberates deeper and deeper as it goes. It's almost like orders of magnitude. The increase from the 1st to the 6th, then now we have the 7th one in March. Anyway, it's a little more intense and noteworthy than just saying um yeah, this, this thing has happened six times at this point. So anyway, keep your eye out for looking at reactions, responses to feeling disempowered through structures or disempowered through having given you know, this perception that we give our power away. First we say, you know, the kind of three different phases are three different perspectives or, or frameworks to which we can look at the idea of power, personal power re- related to a group or an institution or an, uh, you know, a government or something like that. First is, that has all the power and it sucks. Second one is, well, I've given my power, so I have to take my power back, right? The, the, the spiritually advanced one, the one that actually helps you move along with a conscious, grounded sense of evolution, you know, evolutionary uh, strides are possible when you realize that not just that you have given your power, you have to take it back, or just that there is power and oh, I don't have it, but that you have allowed this thing to seem stronger than you have been willing to be yourself. So it's not just taking back power, it's owning power you already possess. Calling back to you what belongs to you. Not through some violent action, taking back the power. Not through marching and waving your fist in the air down the street with the hundreds of other people. Not through protest necessarily. It's about owning the power that you have, which is choice. Free will. I get to say yes and no. I don't want to participate in this system, fine, I won't. I don't like what this big bank is doing, fine. I won't have anything to do with them, and I will do research to find out how not to be involved with them, how to curtail my involvement or end it. Anyway, just want to point that out to you. So that, that's that's just been on my mind the last um, the last few days. So jumping into Alan Turing, and then we'll do George Takei. Um So Alan Turing was gay, and this was not out in the open. And he worked in a very high level of intelligence within the British government. And he had worked in some of these organizations within the government before the war, but then when the war came in, he full-time went to, uh, to Bletchley Park, which was kind of where all the code breakers were condensed, mathematicians and uh, other intellectuals who were working on these things. What interests me is that, well, okay, so he's he's arrested at the end of March, 1952. So after the war is over. And um, one of the perceptions I have is that he can't, so so he's arrested for having a homosexual relationship, having, having sexual intercourse with a man. And uh, so he's on trial for this. And he can't, talk about the wonder his, his national service because it's all secret. So his character is up for judgment, right? And um, he doesn't think there's anything wrong with what he's done. So he's charged with a crime and he doesn't think anything's wrong with what he's done. Now I've looked at um, transits, progressions, and solar arcs. And a couple of the things kind of indicate some things, but but really, it's about the natal Uranus on the Aquarius midheaven, <laughs> you know, retrograde Uranus on the Aquarius midheaven, and I'm looking, you know, by transit and all this stuff. Is it activated? And I mean, like, uh, you know, transiting uh, true Black Moon Lilith is a is a you know near his IC, opposing that Uranus, but not, you know, not, it's basically um, this Uranian. Ideal and, and kind of and this kind of idealism, this kind of an intellectual approach that can be objective and detached, and doesn't see the um, inherent absurdity, or doesn't subscribe and doesn't understand the inherent absurdity of having a law. For example, I'm putting words in a Turing's dead mouth. Anyway, in um, having a law that makes it wrong for two people to care about each other and to express that, you know, express affection and love. It's to make love. So anyway, so we see that as kind of being um being really at the source of this. But but anyway, he um instead of going to jail, he opts for the punishment. He has these two options. He opts for the for the punishment of receiving for a year estrogen injections as a way of like the idea is that it would um, soothe his right, sexual appetites. Right? It, would, it would desexualize him to some degree. And the idea was that homosexuals were like, shouldn't have high clearance, and he lost his clearance to, to do the work he had been doing, or had done. And um, that they couldn't be trusted because they're... Uh, they, it was dangerous because they could be seduced and blackmailed. It's, of course, it's ridiculous. Anybody can be seduced and blackmailed, whatever. But anyway, so he just fundamentally didn't get this. And he said nothing's wrong with this. And so he didn't hide it. He didn't hide it at all after this. So stick with me. This is A Soul's Journey. I'm Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'll be right back continuing to talk about Alan Turing.
1: Getting grounded. What about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body, money, and others? Energy worker and channel Tom Jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive, clarifying, and empowering energies of Archangel Metatron and Ascended Master Jehudi, aka Thoth, Saint Germain, and Merlin. Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates chakra two. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your Charged Crystal at tdjacobs.com.
0: Hey there. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm uh, in Tucson, Arizona, and also I uh, spend a lot of time on the web at tdjacobs.com, and um, this, the, I'm talking about doing a little bit of a karmic profile of Alan Turing, but I really wanted to look at this event of um, when he's arrested at the end of March of 1952. Um, but doing a karmic profile, I want to just talk briefly. Um, uh, Pluto, I always start with Pluto first step in the analysis so that I do. Um, Pluto's in Cancer. Conjunct, uh, actually, yeah, Pluto's in Gemini, actually, sorry. Conjunct Venus in Gemini, and Sun in Cancer. These are all in the second house. So Pluto being the uh, the thing that one has to do to feel life is meaningful, but also carries the biggest charge. Um, Pluto in the second house is about living according to one's value system. Just really clear with him. Uh, with Venus, um, you know, sexuality, sensuality, value system gets uh, very loud. Relationships, trust, you know, finding people to be vulnerable with, that, that gets very loud with this theme. Um, needing to connect with people in deep ways, and this is in, this is in Gemini, so this kind of perhaps an intellectual uh, bent to it, definitely, you know, air sign energy. Conjunct sun in Cancer and so he also shows up he shows up as a v, as a venus person and also as a sun person so with creativity with confidence with um with a, a sense of vitality a sense of uh, getting something done the need to get something done and accomplish something and so this is all in the second house so lots of creative intellectual energy here and and lots of passion for figuring things out, and getting, like, the second house has to do with getting things lined up in a row. So in the second house, you simplify things in order to see their true nature and essence so that you can use them in the most efficient way possible. And so, um, you know, he's developed, you know, his, uh, after the war, his big interest became developing a machine that could logically compute and figure out problems and come up with answers. So, you know, it's a very strong kind of second house idea. Uh, Skills and resources—you know, the ability to do things—is another or other second house uh, ideas. So um, that Pluto. um, Okay, so yeah, so moving on then. The second step of the story is the south node of the moon, and this is um, in Libra in the sixth conjunct moon. And um, you know, transiting Saturn, retrograde Saturn is not that far from that moon at the time of this arrest, which I think is part of you know the reality of his emotional world, of his personal life coming out. I think you know that that's one of the that's one of the transits. It's not totally exact, but definitely during this time in his life, it was time for something to be realistically dealt with. And realism, in this case, meant confronting the law in you know the place in which he lived, the country in which, uh, which it was located about, um, you know, same-sex intercourse being uh, illegal. But anyway, South Node of the Moon in the 6th, um, there's a great work ethic. There's a great work ethic, getting things done, being of service, um, uh, you know, understanding how to take apart big things to improve the small component parts and putting it back together, kind of repair person, craftsperson idea. But being of service here. And um, and Moon is here, so emotions are really important for him in a bunch of lives. Feelings, emotions. He's going to carry in this uh, sweet energy, frankly. Like a sweet, soft energy. Um, so anyway, just kind of ideas on that karmic profile. And the south node ruler of Libra is, of course, Venus. And there's Venus in Gemini in the second house with Pluto and the sun. So he shows up in a bunch of lives with a tremendous amount of, uh, of energy and passion. And, uh, you know, so... Uh, so he' just kind of looking at this at this process with him i I just think it's um i just think it's really really interesting the other the other thing um as far as timing goes, just kind of dropping the karmic thing but just looking at timing again uh solar arc north node was not that far from like about two degrees away from his natal Saturn in the twelfth, so he has natally as a Gemini rising five degrees. Then Saturn's at 28 Taurus in the 12th, not conjunct the Ascendant, but uh, at least not closely. But, you know, again, this idea of, you know, transiting Saturn near his moon and also a solar arc uh, north node near his Saturn in the 12th revealing something regarding Saturn nature. And then, of course, you know, regarding Saturnian reality, you know, how he's actually wired, how he lives And then also what, um, you know, this Uranus in the Midheaven coming back with, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, and then he's punished anyway. So, yeah, it's just really interesting to me. So he lives basically um, quiet about this, and then he's arrested, and then he says there's nothing wrong with it, and then he's uh, punished for this with these estrogen injections for, uh, the sentence was for a year. And then it was um, within a year after that, he, uh, killed himself. He ate, uh, a poisoned apple. (laughs) So, um, which was, it was not an accident and the coroner ruled that it was suicide. So he went through this process and he lost his security clearance. So he couldn't do the work at, at the, the levels he had been doing. And, um, yeah, and so he chose to end his, end his own life. Actually, there's also some shows in the archive, I'm just thinking about that, of, uh, of about suicide, uh, including uh, Jehudi's take on suicide, the Ascended Mastery right Channel, uh, and also uh, me talking about Robin Williams and then some other people at uh, different times. So that's the uh, that's the George Decay thing. It's a secret. I'm sorry, whoa, whoa, no, no, no. I just turned the tables. I'm moving ahead too fast. No, that's the Alan Turing thing. There's this big secret, and then he um, is confronted, right? He's arrested and he, owns, and he owns this. He's not denying it. And then, um, and then he's punished. And then he's punished for this. And his life, you know, really changes for the worse. And then he kills himself. Sad story. And, uh, and to, in some ways, he has not been, you know, the whole time always credited with being the father of modern computing because uh, of the father of computing. Because he um, has this stigma of being a homosexual. So that's his story. Uh, now we're going to shift focus to George Takei. Now the reason, that, the reason that this is so interesting to me, and as soon as I heard this detail about George Takei, is when I knew I was going to do this show with these two charts together. And it was um, George Takei, who's in his late 70s right now, um, he's 77 years old, 78. He came out when he was 68 years old. Like he had been in a, a committed partnership for 18 years at that point, and his Star Trek uh, colleagues and some fans knew that that he was gay, but he came out when he was 68. So this is really interesting to me because he had he had a career, you know, and when Star Trek was on, it was not a success, but the whole reruns thing that happened in syndication for, for several years. show was only on the air for like three years. But he became this kind of cult figure. Then he comes out at age 68. So he knew the whole time, right, prior to 68, that if he, at least definitely when he was in his 20s and 30s, right, when he was a younger actor, he knew he would not have the career he wanted if he were, if he were open about his, uh, his sexuality and uh, his lifestyle. So, okay, so, you know, he's established, he's having this career, it's, you know, he's toward, you know, the problem, perhaps the end of his career, whatever, he's 68, what is he thinking about his work? You know, did he just sit around one day and say, you know what, I think it's time to say something? Not, not at all. He uh, was incensed that at the, the governor at the time, Arnold Schwarzenegger of California, where T K lived, had campaigned promising that he was a friend of gays. He was a, a friend of the homosexual community, the LGBT community. And then when same-sex marriage legislation was passed in California, Schwarzenegger vetoed it the next day. And George Takei was mad. <laughs> so, so I'm going to give you his birth date. I forgot to give you Turing's birth date. Let me give that, me give that to you now. Uh, hold on one second just uh, to do Turing is June 23rd 1912 215 a.m. in London and uh, to is uh, April 20th 1937 with no birth time in Los Angeles California so I recommend with this kind of chart to draw it up without houses don't 6 a.m. or noon as a birth time, and then have the houses in there. It gets confusing. Just, just don't even do it. Uh, but when, you know, when I when I heard that that was why he came out, and then he began campaigning, or you know, being an activist and campaigning for uh, equal marriage rights. Or I'm not quite sure what it's called, but. Um, at least what the what the political terminology is is for that in, in California at that time, but um, when I saw that he has a sun at zero Taurus in a wide conjunction with Uranus at nine Taurus, I said, right, yeah, okay, this is um, you know, neat, This is uh, his values being woken up, right? Sun in Taurus. I just talked about um, Venus Pluto Sun between Gemini Cancer. For Alan Turing, right in the second house, the house of values. Well, Taurus is that second sign. Taurus does also relate to our value system and how we express that and experience it. So this got woken up, you know, in a, in a loud way because of that. So so now George Takei is celebrated as a hero. Right? He's um he's a public figure, you know, in three different communities, right? In this uh, as as an actor and as a you know, as a as a part of the Star Trek uh, universe, you know, an actor is part of that. Also, as um, a gay rights activist, equal rights activist, and um, same-sex marriage activist, and then also as um, making the public aware of the uh, internment of uh, Japanese Americans during World War II. Because, as I said, he was born in 1937 in Los Angeles. And he and his family, uh, his parents and uh, himself and his brother, were in uh, an internment camp for several years during World War II when he was uh, when he was a little boy. So in some ways, you know, for a few years, he grew up in a camp, right, where you know the American government had rounded up Japanese Americans. So uh, he's got these two things, these two causes for, that are applicable to his own life, for which he's an activist. This is a wonderful Sun Uranus and Taurus conjunction, uh, you know. But it, but it didn't wake up. At least the uh, the coming out of the closet and doing something, you know, having an active voice in um, the LGBT community, didn't happen until he was 68. And he was mad at what a politician was doing. He had gone back on his word essentially. Schwarzenegger had gone back on his word. So, um, looking at his chart, I pulled up uh, transits and progressions for September seventh, two thousand five, which is when uh, this happened. When now he didn't um, come out of the closet until October. But I I didn't want to know when he made an announcement. I wanted to know when Schwarzenegger made this decision, because that is what drove, like, to to veto the same-sex marriage legislation that had passed. Uh, This is the decision that drove uh, to Kay's coming out. And so I wanted to know when that event was. And I think most astrologers would look at the first thing I mentioned, the, uh, the day he actually announced something. But, um but I think I think this is more interesting because this is the event that sets it in motion and you know when something major happens that makes you mad and makes you realize you need to do something about it I want to know when you got triggered more than when you started doing something about it because anything that really matters to us and anything we can really do that has a has a profound effect and we can marshal you know, our our passion and our deepest energy, our sense of social justice, whatever whatever that is, it it's not like somebody says to you, um, oh hey, you know what this thing happened, and you're you know, like okay, I'm doing this, and you start doing it ten seconds later or even five hours later. Mostly, you have to go through an internal process, and I want to know when that process was born. Like I want to know when that thing happened. So, uh, and and Takei would have been aware. It, immediately, he wouldn't. It wouldn't have taken him four or five weeks to find out that that Schwarzenegger had, you know, decided to veto this legislation. So that's why I go to um, September seventh, two thousand five, instead of sometime in October. I didn't even do the research on when he came out. Like I think it was at a, a public event, at a rally. I don't even think. Um, I, don't, I didn't even look that up because I wanted to know this. So we don't have a birth time for him. So so well, we don't have houses, but one of the things that we have is uh, progressed venus at 20 taurus on his mercury his natal mercury and taurus which is natally square Ceres, pretty tightly square Ceres in aquarius uh, so that's actually being uh, activated progressed venus square Sirius in aquarius and and Sirius uh, has to do with uh protect protection it has to do with taking someone under your wing but it also can be for a cause, especially in like nurturing a cause, protecting a cause. And he's kind of um, he's kind of an elder statesman of the LGBT community, right? Even though he's only been out for nine years or whatever. Um, and so that series in Aquarius uh, is part of that, like a parental figure within this Aquarian movement. Uh, but anyway, progress Venus at that point was square that series while it was conjunct the Mercury. The need to speak up about what is most important. You know, the need to speak up. Progress Venus has to do with your evolving value system, your evolving way of approaching or understanding justice. And uh, you know, that's right. That's right on that. Um, also, we have transiting Chiron retrograde. And just about at the midpoint of natal Pallas, Athene, at zero Aquarius, and Jupiter at 26 Capricorn. So Pallas is the need to stand up for something and be a warrior. In Aquarius, it's definitely about a cause or a community. Jupiter and Capricorn um, is about having faith and becoming Something over the long term. Developing faith through developing something over the long term. Capricornian processes always take time. So Chiron is um, our uniqueness. How we are mavericks. You know, How we have a unique voice that maybe make, might make us feel vulnerable or rejectable. And how we deal with that. And also how we deal with being sensitive to the energies of others, which includes a couple categories or several things. One is their reactions to us. And the other thing is how we deal with their pain and suffering. So Chiron is here. His unique voice, you know, has already matured within him. That's one of the things to realize with this. He's no spring chicken. He's 68 years old. And he knows exactly who he is. He's in a committed partnership at that point for 18 years. So, you know, it's this internal process that's happened. And, su- and now people see it. You know, he's going to own this publicly and he's going to use essentially his ability, you know, his uh, his hearability, right? His uh the fact that his career has uh, put him in the position where he has quite a lot of uh, followers and quite a lot of, uh, you know, the ability to get quite a lot of attention for what he does. And Chiron here is asking, uh, asking him to stand up and have faith in something that matters most to him. So transit in Chiron is there. I do want to uh to mention something else natally that's not about the the transits, and then I want to do a little bit of karmic profile of him um, and that is uh so I said the sun's at zero Taurus conjunct Uranus at nine Taurus but uh Nessus the centaur Nessus is at twenty seven forty five aries and then Venus is retrograde at twenty five fifty one aries so these are uh these are both there and um it's uh, it's interesting. I, I've done several shows recently that have included uh, mentions of analyses of Nessus, including uh, uh, Julian Blanc's Karmic Profile from a few weeks ago, and the Bill Cosby profile, and also reaching back in time, uh, Jimmy Savile, uh, the former uh, the late and and former uh, BBC presenter, who uh, following his death was uh, it was revealed with a bunch of heinous things about um, Heinous things about uh, uh, abusing abusing girls who grew up and decades later came forward after he died. Um, and uh, so Nessus is about living in two worlds. Nessus and Aries conjunct Sun and Taurus. Sun and Taurus always wants will always want things to be stable and will not want things to change quite a lot. Nessus in Aries with retrograde Venus. Is going to have some things change quite a lot. So, so I'm, I wonder sometimes about how much energy it took for him to keep uh, secrets, right? To keep quiet about who he was and his life. And I've heard recent interviews with him in which he doesn't, he doesn't see, he doesn't indicate that it cost him a lot to keep it quiet. It was just what he did to, you know, for his career. And of course, as I said, he, you know, his Star Trek colleagues knew, and it wasn't a problem. But as far as you know, living under the radar in Hollywood, being quiet about your about your, your life, you know, about who you are. Not that everyone, you know, in Hollywood needs not to be, but he's uh, he didn't indicate that it cost him a lot. But I just wonder, I just wonder sometimes uh, if that would. But you anyway, know, Nessus living in two worlds. How can I deal with my animal nature because sometimes I just want something or, you know, it, it, sometimes I just, I have um, irrational desires for things or people or whatever. But I live in polite, I live in organized society. So how do I deal with that? And that is a nessus kind of thing. Some people with that signature, um don't know how to control themselves, how to control their their what we might call animalistic urges. When we use that phrase, it's almost always negative. So I want to say kind of primal sensibility <laughs> or animal or animal urges because we don't, you know, we're we're, you know, the top of the food chain, we eat everything <laughs> or we could. Uh you know, we think that we are the apex of evolution and that we're the you know the best the best beings ever Oh actually I need to take a second break I forgot about that so uh stick with me this is Tom Jacobs on the Souls Journey I'll be right back and I'll keep uh uh waxing weirdly about uh about Nessus in uh, George Decay's chart <laughs>
1: You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign ingresses, retrogrades major aspect patterns and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment a channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick tom's brain are included as are a number of perks exclusive materials and savings on his classes and products read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com
0: Welcome back to the Souls Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and I'm talking about uh, George K's chart, focusing for a moment on retro Venus and Aries, conjunct Nessus, conjunct the Sun. Uh, and then I want to do a bit of a karmic overview uh, of his chart. Um, so, Nessus, as I say, living in two worlds anim- animal self, right? Centaurs being half horse, half human. Chiron, as a centaur, is different. He's of different uh, lineage, different parentage. Uh, so, he's not one of these. Um, you know, so to speak, savage beasts, or these uh, uncontrollable wild influences that the centaurs uh, represent. And um, Nessus uh, sets himself up in business as if he's civilized, but he can't control his urges, and he makes a move for and or rapes. Um, Heracles is a special lady friend, Dianira, and um, Her- Heracles kills him, kills Nessus. But there's this thing about not being able to control... Your urges, and some people are doing work on Nessus. This gets filtered through. I mean, I just do a lot of intuitive research and chart studying, and and um, uh, yeah, chart chart research uh, mostly and reading bio, biographical information on people with with loud nescises. But some people were looking at it as um, sexual abuse and alcoholism that co- passes down through families. And uh, I hear some of this from my girlfriend, who listens to a lot more podcasts than I do, to be fair. And um, and I think that that kind of thing, those those Choices or those things, in fact, rep- are related to the inability or the confusion about controlling our wildness, controlling our impulses and our desires. If you have desires for some kind of raw, let's just say, like raw, let's just say, a natural sense of primal sexuality, but you live in a tight-lipped. Maybe you've been raised in a shame-based religion, whatever. Like you live in a culture where people don't talk about sexuality, you know, whatever. Then something is not flowing. Something is suppressed. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be unhappy. You're going to be angry. You're going to resent certain things. You're going to want to be destructive because you don't have a healthy outlet for this primal energy within you. You know, when I talk about Lilith... The True Black Moon Lilith and Primal Energy. I'm talking about listening to the wisdom of the natural world as it comes up through our bodies, as it exists within our lower chakras, primarily one and two, to some degree three, you know, third chakra to some degree. But primarily, these kind of pre-verbal, like you know, first and second chakras of like, so it's just like the sense of what's true, you know, a sense of what's right, instinctive. You don't, you can't think about it. If you think about it, then you're completely. Anti Lilith, but when it comes to instinct and primal stuff with Nessus, um, it I, it has more to do with desire than it has to do with being primal within yourself as Lilith does. So Nessus, living in two worlds, how can I honor the fact that I'm an animal and Basically not get, gotten, not get in trouble for it and not hurt myself or others. So so that predicament in which many people can find themselves. Oh, by the way, I mentioned this on the previous show. I'm just trying to think about how to point at it without going into it. Cause I, I find this absolutely fascinating. Uh, so I'm trying to just think about, I, and I mentioned it a long time. I think I mentioned it when I was doing, doing the Jimmy Savile comic profile from months ago, but, um, I was doing research on, uh, serial killers or mass murderers, more, more appropriate mass murderers, people who, you know, kill a bunch of people at once. It's doing a lot of Pluto research. And it turns out that Nessus was involved in, uh, defrocked priests (laughs) who, uh, had molested uh, children, right, and also in uh, people who had um, who had perpetrated school shootings. Anyway, so Nessus, this idea of controlling my impulses, right? The Catholic Church, this is like impulse control central. ICC is what I should, I'm going to call it going forward. <laughs> kind of kidding. Um, and whatever is not allowed to express itself in a healthy way in a, you know, there are myriad healthy ways to express any energy and impulse and at within us or any aspect of ourselves, any thread within our consciousness and personality, Uh, whatever is not healthy, healthy or does not have an appropriate outlet will come out in weird, messed up ways. So this is a story. This is a story of Nessus. Now, now with decay, it doesn't seem like it's costing him a lot. He's living his life. He's not suppressing who he is. It's just not for public consumption, right so that his career can can uh, you know do what it does naturally because of his talent, you know, etc. And uh, so it doesn't cost him, but he was surprised to find out that he was celebrated by the LGBT community and his act. Well, he wasn't, I don't think he was surprised about that, but he was, he was celebrated. He became an even bigger public figure with more of a voice to affect change, to reach people about the causes that are important to him. Again, this Taurus Uranus Sun idea. So he, you know, even more than, than before. So, but, you know, I look at this as this as uh, if you're not honest about who you are, you're vibrating. I'm not fully open. At a, you know, if you know who you are but you're not open about it, you're vibrating something closed. You're vibrating something that can't be seen. You know, you, you, there's something about you that can't be seen. Even if, you know, he's living his life, he has his partner of 18 years, he had, you know, relationships prior to that too, I don't think, well, I don't know, certainly not like an 18-year partnership, but, but um, you know, he's living his life, he's doing what he knows is authentic for himself, and that's the happy, the happy Sun Taurus thing, you know, where nothing needs to be public. Um, but the Nessus here with the Sun is conjunct the Venus as well. So... I talked about value system relating to Taurus, of course, Venus rules Taurus, so Venus in our charts represents creativity, beauty, sensuality, attractiveness, uh, kindness, diplomacy, but it also represents our value system. Retrograde Venus says, regarding relationships, I'm not quite sure always how to have the right relationships, I have to learn through trial and error to make the right choices. Same with, same with money, same with creativity, same with the value system. So essentially Schwarzenegger's veto of this same-sex marriage legislation makes his Venus and Aries wake up. Now Jupiter at this point uh, is five degrees, or six degrees just about, from opposing it. So it's almost there. So you know, I couldn't say that that is a trigger for this. Um, depending on when he was born, uh, progressed moon might be sextiling Venus if he were born at noon, it'd be exact. Um, but actually, yeah, it is actually, um, actually, if he were born anywhere from like the middle 12 hours of the day, then this progressed moon sextiling the Venus would be would be loud. And, uh, yeah, so, so, and then, of course, I said the Chiron, you know, transiting Chiron, like Capricorn, retrograding over the palace Jupiter, uh, midpoint they need to take a stand they need to stand up for something but um yeah this this uh you know his Venus his retrograde Venus is activated with Nessus so so anyway so just a little just a little insight in there for you I want to do a little little bit of a karmic profile for you just so you can uh, get a better sense of this uh, again I always start with Pluto and Pluto here is a, in cancer at 26 cancer and it's opposing Jupiter and Capricorn and also opposing Pallas and it's uh square Nessus Venus. Square sun. So Pluto and Cancer is um, the need to f- figure out what it means to be safe, the need to belong. This is part of the story of being closeted for 68 years, or you know, 60 years or whatever, however long, 50 years, however long he knew since he was, uh, whenever he figured out that that he was gay. Um, Pluto and Cancer uh, feeling deeply, but but needing to belong. And sometimes people with, with Pluto and Cancer and or Pluto in the fourth house, sometimes they have to evaluate the cost of belonging. Because when you belong, you always forfeit some individuality. And here he has Sun in a wide conjunction to Uranus. And so there is something unique about him. He cannot, you know, he cannot avoid that. Um... So the need to belong, the need to have safety and security, you know the need to be safe is a Pluto in Cancer idea. Um, supposing Jupiter in Capricorn and Pallas Athene, so essentially something institutional that's bigger than he is can get in the way of his feeling safe. We can think of a law, like a myopic law, Jupiter in Capricorn, you know a law that just has its own trajectory and momentum that makes no sense. You can't reason with some Jupiter people or institutions, you know, opposing him. So being kind of opposed by social structure that uh, you know that is not aligned with what's true and does not promote true belonging. But you know, any energy in Capricorn opposing your Pluto uh, is going to represent some bell curve influence that you can't work with and be happy and healthy. Uh, Pluto is uh, square the Venus Nessus, so um, he's going to be in different lives. His ability to feel safe may be messed up by intense attraction and living in two worlds. You know, like like get, you know, allowing that animal nature to come out within relationship, that might mess with his ability to feel safe and secure. In many ways, the Venus Nessus for him Will be, will be manifest by uh, other people. right? Other people will show up to carry these energies. And so it can be people he's attracted to, and actually people he has relationships with. So the square is natural, a sense of friction, pressure, and tension. And so he's got to hide who he really is so that he can belong, right, Pluto and, Pluto and Cancer, um, but belong in the uh Hollywood community, right, in the community of actors, right, and be socially acceptable that way. And he might, his relationships themselves might seem to threaten, you know, the existence of them or the knowledge of them might seem to threaten. In some life, he might be in some way, whether it's sexuality and kinds of, uh, romance relationships, one chooses or not. He could be outed. That would be a Venus square Pluto and Cancer, Venus and Aries square Pluto and Cancer kind of thing. So it would just be another level of uh, trust issues, like who can I trust, when, and how do I deal with that? Um, actually, I'm running out of time. I didn't realize uh, that was happening. I've been kind of having a time issue the last few days, and uh, I've been channeling more, and actually I forgot to tell you. Um, uh, in my blog, uh, there's a channeling, a conversation between me and that I that I just, I typed questions to Ascended Master Jehudi, also known as Thoth and St. Germain and Merlin, about PTSD and trauma because he wants me to get onyx stones or crystals and charge them to help people with trauma. So I put up, it's about 2,700 words of this conversation that I had with him where he's teaching me what I need to know for the next step. I've never documented that tutoring process and that meditation process before, and I thought it would be fun. So you can get that, you can see that on my blog. Uh, let me just wrap up with the final uh, announcements. Um, the archive of this show is available through tdjacobs.com soul. There's a yearly subscription for that, or they're actually included in the monthly subscription to my subscriber service, which I encourage you to check out. You can do that for a year, where you save a month, or you can do it uh, on a monthly basis. And uh, the Intuitive uh, Skills Development 1 class begins for 10 weeks on February 21st. I'm excited to teach this. I love giving people a tour of their chakras and their life history and helping them turn things around. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your attention and time. And uh, I will be uh, uh, back with you uh, next week. Take care.
1: You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's T-D-J-A-C-O-B-S